0: This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of
1: experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to Episode 78 of Aviation Careers Podcast. You know, aviation is challenging and a rewarding career. Some want to fly for the airlines, and others seek a challenging flying environment dedicated to helping others. Many listeners have written me and feel Mission Aviation Fellowship would fulfill your need to serve others while living the dream being a quote-unquote Bush pilot. Well, today I have with me Ron Hillbrands from Mission Aviation Fellowship. Ron is a manager of recruiting for MAF, where he's responsible for six other recruiters to meet the organization's overseas needs. You know, we've all seen those exciting videos of flying in the bush, bringing food, water, and supplies to those in need. And although we see those exciting videos, realize there's much preparation before an airplane even leaves the ground. Ron is here to discuss how to launch your career with MAF and explain the many fulfilling jobs at Mission Aviation Fellowship, which allow this organization to function. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Ron. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, they, You know, Ron and I actually met, at Sun and Fun uh, when we were uh, when I was doing Sun and Fun radio, and uh, you had this incredible tent set up and some amazing uh, pictures and I think there was a model out there uh, about all the exciting things you do at uh, at mission aviation fellowship so I guess if you could, just give us a, a little background on, on you know because there are so many people that don 't understand what is mission aviation fellowship
0: yeah that 's a pretty big uh, uh, question. Uh, <laughs> Mission Aviation Fellowship and Mission Aviation in general. There's more than just uh, MAF out there uh, serving the 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 world, Uh, but Mission Aviation Fellowship is the is the largest organization, but it started really uh, right after World War II when uh, pilots came back from uh, from the war and uh, realized that the airplane could be used for really positive things uh, besides dropping bombs and, and uh, that kind of thing that they experienced in the war. And so um, they saw that the airplane could go into areas, remote areas where isolated people are, and really help facilitate um, the missionaries, the churches that are in these remote places. And uh, that's really uh, the whole start of the thing, and uh, that was back in 1945. So uh, MAF has been around since uh, for 70
1: years. Wow, you're older than MAF is older than most of the airlines out there. Yes, that's incredible. Uh-huh. Uh, so and and still moving forward uh, with with your mission. And uh, I I tell you, I've had a few people that have volunteered. And they've said it; it really is a, a life changing experience for them. Um, but uh, you know, just as an overview, how how did you get involved in Mission Aviation Fellowship, and maybe that would help people, you know, realize maybe this is something for them.
0: Well, um, I I had kind of a unique uh, experience in that I had never heard of this thing before. I grew up in the uh, church; my dad was actually a pastor, but I'd never heard of a thing called missionary Aviation. I thought in order to serve God, you you needed to be a pastor or something like that. And when I became a Christian at age 21, uh, I was looking at how how could I serve God, and um, I ended up uh, reading a magazine article. It was uh, in Plane and Pilot, and it talked about the training of uh, the guys when they get ready to go overseas with MAF. It was the mountain flying... uh, all the kind of special techniques that they use for training guys to serve in really remote areas. And I just got really excited. I had taken a few flying lessons and really enjoyed flying, but I didn't realize that you could actually uh, fly airplanes and serve God at the same time. It was just such a kind of a mind-blowing uh, thought for me to be able to do something you really love and, uh, and serve God doing it. So uh, I started pursuing it and and uh, went through a school that specifically trains for missionary aviation, and uh, then joined MAF in 1982.
1: Wow, and you've been with them since. That's, uh, that's a long tenure, and you, know, <laughs> you, you truly are blessed uh, to be able to do something you really love and something that's very fulfilling to you. So that's incredible.
0: Yeah, I feel uh, very blessed. Yes.
1: Yes, and that's terrific. Now, um, you know, a lot of people, I think, don't understand Mission Aviation Fellowship. I know, for me, um, when I first was introduced to it, I saw somebody, uh, it's going to sound silly, but I saw somebody that was building a well in Mexico, and uh, he flew in this little airplane in an area that really didn't have a landing strip anywhere, and they went out and built a well so people could draw water from this. And that I saw that, and I said, "Wow, it was on someone 's facebook page i said what in, what in the world is that? What are you doing?" And he said, "Well, this is uh, I was with, you know, Mission Aviation Fellowship and this is what we do. This is one of the things we do. We do like disaster relief type of work if we have to. We we bring people around, we build wells, bring bring food. Uh, but it's primarily a Christian organization and and you know, he said this is, you know, we try to s- spread the word of God." I said, "Oh, this is interesting. You know, tell me more." And uh, he said, "Well, yeah, I I can't tell you everything about the organization. You probably probably need to find somebody. And I've been I've been on this quest for a year and finally found you, Ron. So, first of all, you know what? What are some of the goals of MAF? You know, what is it? What is their first of all primary goal, and then what are all the other things that d- they do secondarily?
0: Well, um, when we talk of goals, uh, I would like to just probably share the, like the mission of MAF, and it kind of states it in in two parts. It's it really um, it really has to do with. Um, uh, sharing the love of Jesus Christ um, through aviation and technology we 're kind of technical people, and so we want to use the the tools of aviation and other technologies so that isolated people uh, can be f- physically and spiritually transformed uh, it's a it's that combination of reaching the whole person um, of the physical which uh, brings in the whole humanitarian aspect uh, like you were talking about uh, where they built uh the well and and that helping people uh improve their lives but the other part of it which is which is what i would say even more critical is reaching isolated people with with spiritual transformation where they get to hear and make the choice whether they want to follow christ and and uh and be christian Uh, We we see both of those as as very important parts of uh, of our uh, ministry. And to do that, I mean, we provide uh, medical assistance. We do a lot of medical flying, uh, medical emergency type stuff. You already mentioned disaster response, uh, community development. Um, We support missionaries out there that are living very remotely, maybe doing Bible translation or or church planning, we support local churches. We even help fly for the uh, for the governments in providing certain um, needs that they might have in these remote places. Um, so it's it's really a matter of of uh, reaching out to the whole person
1: so it's evangelical in nature but it's but it's also helping everybody through your outreach and uh uh it, i think that's important you know the humanitarian side of of the christian faith is very important and uh which reaches everybody and uh i think um, one of the things that i think uh, i've had some people ask i should say uh is that do I have to be somebody who's evangelical? Can I just be somebody who's a Christian but wants to get involved in this organization? I'm a bit of an introvert, but I can fly an airplane well. Um, can, is that somebody that could fit into that organization?
0: That's part of the evaluation process we, we have as an organization. We are a Christian mission organization. And so uh, first and foremost, a person uh, really does need to be a believer in Jesus Christ and, and walking with him and uh, there's a certain spiritual maturity that we we look for in a person because, um, you know, serving overseas is not an easy uh, task. Uh, There's a certain glamour to it when you look at the YouTubes and look at a little airplane landing on this really remote spot. Uh, um, But there's a lot of uh, uh, crazy stuff that happens. And the, the glamour of it wears off real quick. And once you're there, you really often have to know why you're there. And, um, you know, if you don't have a a call to reach people, um, you know, the, the airplane, again, is just a tool, and it can quickly become a job if you're not there for the right reasons. And so part of our process is evaluating where the person is at spiritually and if they can do the long term thing where they feel called to serve God in, in these really remote places.
1: And I think that's important. You know, you, you you look at and we stress that here is it, you know, what is your calling? What are you called to do in, in, in life? And um I think, you know, some people they 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 don't know. They don't know and it's a journey and you have to realize that through your life uh, you're constantly reevaluating, and uh, and it can be somewhat scary when you step out. But uh, you know, if if you have faith, you know you can move forward for fairly easily. Although there are a lot of challenges. As a matter of fact, I think you touched on this and and, and like to expand a little bit on this. You know, it, it, you're right. Everybody I talk to thinks, wow, they see the videos on on the website and they think this is so glamorous. Well, there are certain challenges. Oh, uh, I know only of a couple of them. Uh, you know there are those of us in the Western world have certain conveniences i 'll say uh, and that they don 't have in some of the remote parts of the world. Uh, a good example is is going you know, is the restrooms are not quite as uh, sophisticated in certain parts of the world and uh, and and that and and also drinking water is and those are the two things that I have had experience with. Uh, but I'm sure there's more. I mean, there's security. I guess is one of them. Uh, that type of thing. What What are some of the challenges, other than some of those that I've mentioned?
0: Well, uh, anybody who's been in uh, third world countries is is very aware that uh, life is not like uh, that in the United States. And uh, so the cross cultural aspect and the you know the places where MAF serves are in remote places. They're in places where people are hurting. They're in places where the infrastructure of the country is poor, where the airplane is a vital tool, and so we're not we're not going into Europe and and some of the more um, uh, sophisticated countries that have a lot to offer. Um, but as a pilot, uh, a lot of the things that uh, we deal with uh, in a lot of these remote places, because the reporting systems, the computer stuff that is available. Here, the weather uh, that's available, you know, by uh, dialing it up on your GPS and getting all the different kinds of things, is not necessarily available overseas. And so, um, weather becomes a lot of our flying. We're we're actually moving into more IFR type stuff, but up until recently, uh, we've almost always done VFR flying um, because of not having access to, you know, IFR system uh, stuff. Um, The airstrips are constantly changing. Uh, You know, a a thunderstorm comes through and can wash away certain things, and so the airstrips are always something we're evaluating when we come in uh, to fly. Um, Just dealing with uh, local governments and the national governments can be uh, a real headache. Uh, some countries seem to put roadblocks in our in our way just for the sake of putting roadblocks in our way, and so you're dealing with uh, government officials who uh, are wanting certain things, and uh, and so there's a lot. Of, there can be a lot of frustration involved uh, in just the day-to-day uh, flying into some of these countries. Um, I mean, I, I'm painting a, a kind of a negative picture there. I loved flying overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved every day doing something of significance um, for the people. But uh, it's, like I said, it's, it's not all glamour. There's a lot of that day-to-day frustration that you, you kind of deal with and, and all, and that's where you really need to know why you're there.
1: I, and I could imagine that you know when you at the end of the day you've you've been through all this this rain and dealing with all these roadblocks, uh, but then the reward is incredible. I would think, especially when you reach people, um, and I'm sure you've had some experiences there that that you know it, that washes away all the, the 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 challenges that you went through to get to that point. So. Yeah,
0: the the long term view. I mean. You get to where you you, you do these different flights. Uh, I mean, I've flown multiple flights where I go into a village and take uh, take a passenger out, a patient out who's on the brink of death. And because we're able to get them to a hospital so quickly, uh, their lives are saved. Uh, we've dealt a lot of that in these remote places where women have difficult um, uh, childbirth, and uh, we're able to get them out and the, the child is saved and the woman is saved and we're able to bring them back to the village i mean that's a that's a fairly common occurrence in the kind of flying that we do as well as just um meeting physical needs of people uh bringing in medicines bringing in teams of medical people into these remote villages so you know despite all the you know the frustrations that we have uh there's more than enough that compensates uh, in terms of the um, the value of what we do and and all of that. So,
1: well, you know, just as you're explaining that and describing, you know. People being, you know, saved, having their life saved, and and being born—that's incredible. Uh, you know, it, it's a much different type of flying than I'm used to. Bringing people with their surfboards and suntan lotion—you uh, know, there there is something to be said about the difference there. I mean, I, I know what I do is is, is you know important, uh, but. You know, you're you're actually you're you're touching lives uh, directly and and saving lives. I think that's that's uh, phenomenal. Uh, but you know, and and I hope you know, like you said, hopefully we don't paint the, a negative picture too much because it really is everybody that I talk to that comes back. Uh, says how rewarding it is, but I always hear the but afterwards you got to know what you 're getting into and uh, I think that's probably and from the people I hear from and the show uh, i don 't know if they really realize that and that 's what that's the part that they have to know but but how do they find that out like say uh, for instance, if someone wants to find out about a career in AMAF and, and wants somebody to tell them hey this is what it 's really about, how would they do that I mean how would they find out?
0: Well, the first—I mean, the the first and easiest—is to go to our uh, website at www.maf.org. Um, that kind of gets people uh, looking around, seeing what's involved. Uh, one of the things, and there are a lot of people out there that call in to our uh, to our office here and desire to want to to help people. And uh, one of the things that uh, that I end up having to explain a lot, really, is uh, being a pilot overseas is a long-term kind of commitment. Uh, Not just when you get over there, but leading up to it. Because um, our process and the need for um, uh, language, like uh, to be a pilot in a third world country where you're operating with the people, You have to have uh, a working knowledge of the language, so our pilots go to language school, which takes up to a year. Um, We do a lot of training before you head out over there and um, uh, here in the States, and then there's checkout involved uh, once you get to the field because all the airstrips are different. They're sloped, uh, they're dog-legged, they have all kinds of different characteristics that you would not see here in the States. So it takes a, a pretty long checkout period for a pilot to uh, get prepared uh, for flying over there. And uh, as a Christian mission organization, all of our staff raise their own support, which means they're, they're basically volunteers. Uh, they, they come to us. Uh, we, we tell them how much they need to raise through their churches or individuals. And then we, um, we bring them in, and, and we act as an employer, but uh, the staff themselves do raise their own support.
1: So how do they do that? I mean, how would you go about really raising your support, getting the word out in your local church, your local community? Right.
0: Once, uh, once they go through our process of screening and evaluation and that, uh, as, they, as they go out and raise support, most people have never really done that before. It's, it's, it's a kind of a new concept for them. And so we actually spend two weeks training people how to do that, how to build a team of supporters, uh, how to go and do a presentation in their church, how to share with different people uh, the ministry that the Lord has put on their hearts to do. And uh, it always amazes me, Even when we were going through the really hard economic times uh, here in the States, uh, people were giving up their jobs, coming to MAF, and going out into that economy and raising their support. So it, it really, when you look back, you go, okay, God was really a part of this. It really wasn't all me. It was God definitely had his hand on this.
1: That's great the um you know that doing that that support and, and raising that support boy uh one of the ways I guess uh, you do it too is through your website say um uh, I'll ask this now, what if uh, someone listening isn't going to get involved but would love to somehow support a family a pilot et cetera is there is there some avenue they can go towards to do that?
0: yeah, there's actually a a way that uh on the on the website uh I think there's actually a button that says donate." Or they could call the number there and they could just say, you know, I want to support MAF. I want to I want to give uh money toward uh whether it be an individual family or whether it's giving to the organization in general. Uh there is an eight hundred number that they could call and uh, you want me to give that to you?
1: Yeah, sure, and I'll I'll put it on the website too.
0: Yeah, it's um it's one eight hundred three five nine seven six Four three no 7623.
1: Seven, okay, and then y'all you, we'll put that on the website also so they can they can look out there. But boy, I tell you, there first of all, you really should look at this website. Uh, the Mission Aviation Fellowship website is, is incredible. It's very uh, appealing visually, and they do have so many ways. I'm looking at it now, saying, "Wow, there sure are quite a few ways to get involved." Uh, they have a blog. They have ways to connect. If your church wants to get involved. Uh, they have, you know, MAF Sunday, an adoption program. It's, uh, you know, you can adopt a plane, a missionary. area. Uh, there's all sorts of really cool stuff out there and some really neat, neat videos. Uh, that I, I'm blown away by this. This is really, really great. Um, very well organized. Uh, and it, it shows also the direct impact you have if you are to donate there and uh, with MAF. So uh, kudos to MAF on that one. Uh, I'd really, really highly recommend you calling or, or looking at their website. Um,
0: we do have an advocate system too. If people aren't able to serve, you know, overseas as pilots or or whatever, we actually have people that volunteer to represent MAF, and there's a training process. But people can actually be involved in their own area and uh, kind of uh, speak for MAF, represent MAF, and different things. And so there's a a way for people to do that as well.
1: Oh, well, awesome! I mean, this is just a terrific organization, but. Um, now I am thinking about say I'm I'm a listener and I'm thinking about preparing for a career at MAF. Uh, you know, what are the things you think I should do now? You know, right now at this point, I uh, haven't reached out to talk to anybody. Um, you know, I have a family, et cetera. So, what what, do you, what advice would you give somebody who's thinking about starting out?
0: Well, I would really um, I would really look and uh, first of all, like look at the website, but. Uh, the, we have recruiters uh scattered throughout the uh, throughout the country, and you know our job is to just talk to people uh, to give them the information that they need and uh, you know we have um, three basic uh things that we look for uh in a you know this is strictly on the aviation side but uh m a f u uh, s we we have the three is, is, is your flight training. We have, uh, you know, it's a, uh, your commercial instrument rating with uh, a minimum of 400 hours and, uh, and uh, 50 hours of high-performance time. We also want our pilots to be mechanics, which uh, would mean getting uh, an A&P license. And then the third part is uh, having some Bible training. We actually re, uh, require that uh, both husband and wife would have 12 credit hours uh, of college-level Bible. And uh, and then we if people don't have that, we can work with them if they've been involved in ministry or Bible studies or things. We can give equivalency for that. But those are the three big things, the maintenance, the flight, and then the Bible. And um, we do have, there's probably a number who... Uh, have not gotten an A&P license and uh, don't really see that, there is the possibility of of a pilot specialist, which uh, requires at least a 1,000 hours, and there's, there's some other uh, requirements involved in that as well. It's just that uh, we don't have as many uh, opportunities for the pilot specialist as we do for the pilot mechanic. Um, because of our remoteness in most of these places, Maintenance becomes a very critical issue for us, and so most of our pilots are also mechanics.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, could, I, I could it, see that getting breaking down in the middle of a, a remote strip, and uh, and you have no mechanical abilities. Uh, that could be kind of rough because <laughs> yes. I'm sure it takes a while to get somebody out there to help fix whatever's broken. But uh, I tell you though, it's, it's amazing what you folks do. Uh, you know, just to, I'm looking at your website here. Just in two thousand thirteen, I'm looking at the numbers: over twenty-seven thousand flights, and it shows that there was ninety-four thousand passengers transported, and over eight and a half million pounds of cargo. That's phenomenal. Uh, it, it, that, it's a much bigger organization than than I ever imagined. Um, but you know, and, that, and
0: that's in the uh, in the smaller airplanes. Uh, we use the Cessna two hundred six and uh, the Cessna Caravan. And uh, the Quest Kodiak, those are the, the main airplanes that we have. So we're moving all that stuff and people uh, six to ten passengers at a time. And, <laughs> well, so,
1: so tell us a little bit about uh, flying those. I mean, have, have you flown the, the Kodiak or the 206?
0: Myself, uh, I, I was a pilot in, uh, in Indonesia, in Papua, Indonesia, and also in Lesotho, Southern Africa. And I flew the the Cessna two hundred six, Turbo two hundred six, and then the the
1: Caravan. Okay, uh, the two hundred eight was sure. that, right? Yes. And those are great airplanes to fly. They have uh, now. Those are one of them is a, a piston, the other is a turbine. Um, have, did you have any problems uh, getting fuel with the uh, piston aircraft? Avgas, I mean.
0: Yeah, that's that's become uh, more and more of a problem. When when I was Buying the 206, it wasn't as big of a problem, but in recent years, uh, MAF has moved to uh, uh, a much larger turbine fleet, and that's why we've, uh, uh, we've bought... Uh, we're up to about 10 uh, Quest Kodiaks, which is a single-engine turbine that looks very similar to the Caravan, and, uh, and we also have probably... 10 to 12 caravans uh, on the field. And so uh, we're seeing more and more that we have to move to a turbine fleet just because of the lack of availability of ab gas and in some places the, the high cost. And uh, we're hoping for one day maybe uh, seeing diesel engines with uh, over 300 horsepower to to put into a 206 and, and get them back flying again. But... For now, we're uh, we're looking at the the turbine airplanes. Right, right.
1: Interesting. Interesting. They and I guess you get that all through donations, funding, et cetera. Um,
0: yeah, everything is through donations. Gotcha,
1: gotcha. The um, interestingly, there. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't there a story about uh, I forget his name, Nate? Uh, Nate Saint. Oh, thank you. Uh, yes, and they made a movie about him. He was a missionary, and maybe you could explain a little bit since I'm. Coming up on a blank on this one.
0: Yeah, that actually, uh, Nate Saint was a, a World War II pilot who uh, started working with us in, in uh, like, 1947 and flew a, um, a Piper family cruiser uh, down in Ecuador. And um, they made a movie about his his life and the life of uh, four other missionaries down there who gave their lives uh, called End of the Spear. Mm-hmm and uh, it really was about uh, Nate Saint and four of the missionaries who wanted to reach a tribal group down in Ecuador back in the, in the 50s, the mid-50s, and uh, this was a very vicious tribe that were known for killing anybody that came into their areas, and the missionaries felt very strongly that they needed to reach out to this group and... Uh, and so it's it's a it's a really neat story of compassion and grace, and yet uh, these five guys went in and uh, ended up losing their lives um, and being killed but then uh, just a short two years later after they were killed, one of the men's wives and one and Nate Saint's sister went into that same tribe. Uh, and uh shared the gospel and many of those indians who had killed the the five missionaries became christians themselves it's it's a tremendous story of tragedy and grace
1: wow so, anyway <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, we'll have a link to that movie. I remember seeing that movie, and it's it 's definitely a tearjerker. It's, yeah, it's a great story it is' it's a wonderful story and you know one of the things that's that 's great about m a f is how it 's evolved over the years and has really uh, become an organization that 's embracing technology. You had mentioned uh before about i f r flying I never envisioned m a f doing any kind of i f r flying uh, maybe you could explain how how they're thinking of doing that or maybe they do already
0: well uh yeah we're we're doing more and more with gps uh there's more and more uh stuff uh, the approaches uh that are able to use gps because in most of the countries uh the normal ifr systems were really not in place and uh so but we still don't you know like fly ifr into a into a mountain strip but we do a lot of uh you know, going through clouds and and uh, descending through a cloud covered layer, uh IFR, that kind of thing, uh which helps us a lot, saves us a lot of time and, and and worry. Uh and so we do a lot more of that. And then as we go into some of the bigger areas, um where the airports are a little bit bigger in capitals and things where they have IFR approaches and stuff, we're we're able to do more of that, and with the more sophisticated airplanes like the Caravan and and Kodiak, we just better systems to do so.
1: Well, this is pretty so, fascinating. I, if I'm looking at this as a career, one of the things I have to think about is uh, how how in the world do I support my family? I know you you did say um, that you work through the donations of individuals and organizations. Um, it, I guess the 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 tough question is, uh, gosh, do does anybody really have to get out because they can't afford this anymore?
0: No, and this is where uh I believe that the faithfulness of God really comes in uh, part of our process is, is uh, you know you you're not going to get rich being a missionary pilot, but uh we definitely realize that uh, in order for families to stay involved for years and years you have to i mean they're their needs. I mean, uh, we have, just like any employer, we have medical benefits. uh, We have retirement. um, uh, The families receive a salary. uh, And the salary is probably equivalent to uh, like a starting teacher. Uh, It's not something you're going to get rich on, but you can live on. Uh, Again, we live in, in mostly third world countries around the world. And so uh, there's different ways of of saving money, uh, living in those remote places. Um, But the key really is is the support team that you have here in the States, the people that pledge their support to you. Uh, You know, I've been with MAF now for 32 years, and I still have many supporters who started with us 32 years ago, and they have given every month to our support for 32 years, uh-huh. and uh, that to me is just one of those God things that you can't always explain and understand, and yet God is faithful and and provides. And uh, you know, I've had kids that have gone to college, and uh, and uh, we've never missed a meal. You know, and uh, uh, overseas, uh, we provide housing for our staff, and uh, so. It's not something where you, you you go in and say, "You know I, gee, I hope I make enough money to live here. Um, we provide that for you because uh, we do give you an amount that you have to raise and uh, and once you reach that, uh, then we kind of come in and make sure that uh, you know all the different things, the medical benefits are in place and your salaries in place and all of that kind of thing.
1: Well, that's good well, that's to hear. Good. You, uh, you know that you're, you're being supported, at least, uh, if you have uh, a challenging time, say. Yes. Um, which is, is good. But I, I tell you, I I really, this has been great to, to learn about all these things and about flying. But I know an organization as big as MAF uh, needs other people. Uh, and there's people out there that love aviation uh, but don't want to fly. Uh, are there some examples you can give us of things that they could do other than flying? I know you said there's an outreach program. Uh, what other things can they do?
0: Yeah, I mentioned the uh, advocates. But um, some of the other things we actually recruit for, uh, and these are a lot of overseas kind of things, is um, like uh, school teachers. Uh, You know, we have a lot of young families uh, that go out uh, with young kids. And uh, a critical thing, really, for any parent is knowing that their kids are taken care of uh, educationally. And so uh, we... We recruit teachers to go and, uh, whether it's at an international school or a mission school or, uh, you know, some of the wives even, uh, do their own homeschooling, but we re- actually recruit elementary and high school teachers. Um, we're doing a lot with, uh, uh, IT connecting, uh, connecting up in the, in the third world. We, we do, uh, VSAT installations around the world, uh, to help bring internet into these remote places. We need IT skilled people. Uh, We're always looking for uh, guys who have got uh, mechanical aptitude in in terms of the the handyman type guy who can work with a lot of different things. We have bases around the world where uh, there's construction needs, there's auto mechanics, there's electrical and plumbing, those kind of jobs that need to be done uh we're always looking for aircraft mechanics um those are some big uh big things uh we also look for the right person who's had maybe cross cultural experience uh even doing um managing uh financial or or any of those kind of things so um those are probably the main things uh as a technical organization um we do have a lot of technicians, but you need uh, uh, the other support people as well.
1: It sounds like uh, really a very varied career path here. I mean, you could be a mechanic, a teacher. Uh, there, there's so much you can do. Uh, gosh, I I I would say if you are interested in, in this type of work and mission work and you don't want to actually fly an airplane, it seems like there's there can be more jobs than, than just pilot jobs. You know? Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, this has been great uh, talking to you about all the different jobs, et cetera. But um, I guess one thing we didn't touch on is is all the different countries and the scope. Uh, I didn't I didn't look that up on the website. As far as uh, you know, give us some examples as to what countries uh, you would go to, and do you reach every continent?
0: Yeah, uh, we're really all over the world, and uh, there's I, I do need to uh, specify that there's there's two major MAF organizations. There's MAF U.S., and then there's MAF International and we work together we uh, we're kind of uh, sister organizations uh, MAF US is, is the is the largest uh, we operate in uh, in many countries in uh, in Africa we're we're in uh, Haiti we're in the country of Indonesia in uh, several different uh, provinces there uh, we're in Africa, in Lesotho, and in uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, and in Mozambique, and um, and then we have a couple of countries that we operate in that are in uh, Central Asia. Uh, they're more closed countries, and uh, and then MAF International uh, operates uh, as and MAF International is comprised of. of primarily organizations out of Europe and also out of Australia and New Zealand. And so they operate in uh, in several different countries uh, apart from MAF-US, and uh, they're in Africa, in places like um, uh, Kenya and Uganda and Tanzania and uh, Cameroon, and then they're also in areas like uh east timor and papua new guinea and uh and bangladesh and so uh they're just a wide variety of places that uh there are needs needs for
1: you almost cover the whole globe. I mean that's that's <laughs> a, that's that's a pretty far outreach and and just amazing what you folks do. You know that there's some some parts I I guess of the job though that you're you're in certain countries where um you know there's some challenges. I guess there are certain dangers involved with the job. Um maybe you know just to open our eyes what type of dangers are there and, and just for people to to make sure they're aware of those.
0: Yeah, um you know, we always uh, pray for protection and safety. Uh, when you go into other countries, you don't have all the things around you like you do in the States uh, that you can call upon. Uh, there's a certain risk involved in anything that we do overseas. And, uh, I mean, there are uh, occasions where there's there's break-ins into homes, uh, carjackings, uh, you know, there's medical things where um, there may not be a hospital uh, within a few miles of your place. Um, there's, you know, just the there's often uh, there can be like just recently in uh, in Kinshasa where we have one of our bases, uh, our staff had to stay home uh, for a few days as there was some uh, uh, rioting in the in the in the capital. Uh, because the president had made some decree and people weren't happy. And and you just learn to live in those kind of situations. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think, how in the world could you even go to a place like that? And, uh, you know, part of it is you do have to be wise. You have to be careful. Uh, you can't just go headlong into things. And we have those kind of things. We have very... Um, specific uh, safety protocols that we have in place to protect our people. Um, but everyone goes with the idea that there is a certain amount of risk, but to us it's worth it in order to share the love of Jesus Christ with a world that so desperately needs him.
1: Well, our, I think you summed it up right there, you know, why you would want to even risk this. I think it's it's amazing what you folks do for for our humanity and for getting the word out. Um, Ron, I really appreciate your talking to us. Is there is there any last advice you could give somebody you know, as we close that's looking to do this? I know we we've talked about all the all the negatives, which is good. You know, I want to I want people to really know that the good and the bad, but uh you know, we look at the videos on the on the internet, we we get we get it, it's glamorous. You come home, you show pictures and people are like, Wow, that's amazing. But if but what advice could you give somebody listening right now who's now after listening to us said, You know what, that's for me, what should I do next?
0: yeah it you know um in the line of work that we're in, it really has to do with what is God um, leading your heart to do and we've worked with uh people as young as junior high and high school who really feel God is leading them to do this, and we talk with them you know um, and communicate with them every few months or however long and uh, we've talked with college students and we talk with guys who are er um, airline professionals and and all of that, Lord, where they're where they're at different places uh, in terms of what the requirements they have to meet and and all. What what I would say is is um, first and foremost, their their spiritual life needs to be where uh, uh, very solid and and that because uh, that's probably one of the first things we'll talk about is where are you at with the Lord. Uh, the the second is what can we do to get you to meet all the requirements? And that's just, you know, talking with us, sending us an email. There's actually an initial questionnaire on the, uh, on the website. And, uh, we send those to wherever the location is of the person. If they're in Texas or, or North Carolina or California, we, we send them to the recruiter in that area and we start a dialogue. And, uh, it's really good to just talk with someone and that way we get to know who you are or who the person is and then we can guide them as they uh if they feel this is where god is leading them we can kind of walk them through the different steps and talk to them directly uh directly and uh there's nothing wrong with calling and talking to us even if you have no experience and no background and you just want to find out more, uh, that's what we're here for.
1: Well, Ron, we really appreciate your, your giving us that advice and telling us all about Mission Aviation Fellowship. And if somebody's listening that has questions, if they send it to us, uh, would you mind if we forward those to you so that you can answer That would be us? fine. I'd love Great, great. Um, And again, folks, if you do have questions, go to com and uh, click on the contact button and and send us an email, uh, a question. Also, make sure you look at the episode, uh, com slash 78. We'll have all the links that we talked about uh, if nothing else, check out the really cool videos that they have on our website at, at maf.org. A truly wonderful organization. Uh, highly recommend watching uh, the movie at, at the end of the spear. Uh, also looking at all the different things that MAF does. Uh, you may think that uh, what Ron does and what everybody at MAF does is amazing. Uh, and you have uh, you don't have the time, but you might have the money to help out. Uh, i'd encourage you take a look and and help them go go donate uh, that's that's another way that you that's part of you helping mission aviation fellowship and you become part of that team just by helping out in, in in the way of just signing a check that's all uh folks i like i said in past episodes and i always tell you to do do something now Uh, Do something small. Take one step forward towards your career goal. If mission flying is something you're interested in, go to the website. Go to AviationCoursePodcast.com. In the search column on the right, type in mission, and you'll find some of the interviews we've done in the past with different mission aviators. You'll find more about Mission Aviation Fellowship, and you might find some other careers you might be interested in, but I really encourage you to use the search button on the right side. Also, uh, of course, we do still have the membership, and we are coming out with the scholarships guide. Uh, it's probably going to be pushed off to February. We had a few few issues with, uh, with putting it up on the website, but it's coming out. Of course, we have all the scholarships on the website uh, for a low monthly fee if you want to go out there and, and check out the ones that might be good for you. Again, uh, Carl Valer with Aviation Careers Podcast. We're here with Ron Hildebrands, and we really appreciate him coming along, and we encourage you to do something now, do something today to move forward in your career. We'll talk to you next episode, and safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting
0: aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, Compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights
1: reserved.